listen to That's Life, where we are celebrating a big birthday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And no, thank God it's not mine. No, actually, happy birthday to the president of our network, Nahum Siegel. It is a birthday celebration here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Unfortunately for Nahum, he is not celebrating. Um, He is avoiding the celebration. But as a bit of a teaser, if you stay tuned for the live lunch today... The celebration will be in full swing, please God, starting about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. Who do I see behind the board? Do my eyes deceive me? What's up, Baltimore? This is uh, Rummy No Middle Initial Finkelstein. I am here for the celebration. How are you today, sir? Thank God I'm doing well. Why and- No Middle Initial? What happened? Uh, I, all of me and my siblings, we all just have one, one name and that's it. Oh, I figured this was like some kind of deep psychological thing where all of your siblings had middle names and you didn't. But all my kids have two names now, so, and maybe they'll give their kids more names and more names as you always want your kids to improve each generation and so on. So who knows? So you, so you believe that having a middle name is an improvement on having the one name? Well, if you're going to run for some public office or do something like that, it's nice to have extra (laughs) names and whatever. Exactly. It's, it's like, uh, your honor. You know, I have a relative who just gave himself a middle initial with no name just for that purpose. Like Ulysses S. Grant? Something like that, yeah. That's cool. What's his, what did he pick? I wonder. One second. This is actually pretty funny. If you had all the letters in the alphabet to choose from, what would you choose? I don't know that I would have gone with L. I mean, I don't know. here I, I am with L. It might be an M, but I'm not sure. You didn't even ask him? I think I asked him, but you since it didn't really lead to a name, name, it didn't lead to a name, so I didn't keep it on file. Well, I'll tell you that having the middle initial L... And the last name Wallach, it has transitioned my name into Miriam L. Wallach. Yes, I've heard the stories yes. and they're always funny. Yeah, they are always funny. And because it is Rosh Chodesh Adar, it is the, the, the celebration of the beginning of the month of Adar where we celebrate joyous and funny and wonderful, wonderful, smiley things. Yeah, that is my self, uh, you know, that, that's my joke about myself is that my name has completely been butchered by taking the job here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, those of you who have not watched the Kosher Halftime Show yet, I have no idea what you've been doing with your spare time, but please get to it. It's wonderful. Thanks to everyone who's been sharing it. It was an absolutely incredible production, as we have said a million times at this point. I have not lied about that. There have been um, no po- no punches pulled. The production was incredible. Feel free to share it. Feel free, by the way, if you're a substitute teacher, to show it in your class when you have nothing else to do with your students. That's what happened in my son's class the other day. Yes, they watched it as a class. Um, it's It might be better than playing HQ as a class, frankly, but um, both of those things have taken place in my son's class with substitute teachers. So watch it. The Kosher Halftime Show, it's available on our Facebook page. It's available on our homepage and practically in every single tweet that we have tweeted out. So go for it. Um, Also, I would not want... Do you hear the fire engines? Welcome to New York, everybody. I I wouldn't... I I find this a difficult topic to even get out of my mouth, Um, but I do want to mention yesterday's shooting in Florida. I don't want to go through the show pretending it didn't happen. Um, Our thoughts and prayers to everyone uh, at Parkland High School, the families of the victims, the families of students, and just families in that entire community. As somebody said on on TV this morning, there's no one who lives in that area who isn't going to be affected one way or the other. And I appreciate very much all the calls for for prayers for the, the, the numerous Jewish victims and the students there and whatever, but I, I ask everyone to pray for everyone. I, I just think that that's part of our role. We are all 
people on this earth. Let's just pray for everyone. It was harmless. It was, you know, the, the biggest thing those kids did yesterday was they got up and they went to school. So everyone deserves our prayers and thoughts. And um, we shall, as always, we shall get through this together. Let's go through some of the national holidays today of Rummy. Um, it's National Hippo Day. I really like hippos. I know. Hippos are great, right? Hippos. But also very dangerous from what I hear. Really? Yes, they can. I, there's Why videos do you of know one, that? Because I like <laughs> hippos. And you look it up and there's videos on YouTube with this hippo like biting through a crocodile. Really? They're very strong. Don't mess with them. Wow. Yes. That's scary. Yes. All right. So a pet not to have is a hippo. Okay. It's also National Gumdrop Day. Um, it's this is this is perfect because as I mentioned, it is our boss's birthday. It's Annoy Squidward Day. Now, why is that appropriate? Because Squidward was the boss on SpongeBob. So in parentheses, it says, "AKA your boss." So it's Annoy Squidward Day, and certainly we will be taking part in that at just around eleven o'clock. But before then, I would love to welcome our guest. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Craig Dershowitz woke up early in Los Angeles to join me on the phone this morning. He is the executive director of Artists for Israel. Um, he has worked with over five thousand artists representing more than twenty-three different countries on four continents, showing the power of avant-garde art as a tool for social change. For his work, he was presented. The the Defender of Israel Award. He has been honored by Prime Minister Netanyahu and has had the Ministry of Public Diplomacy say that Craig is, quote, changing our perceptions of PR and having an impact on our policy and style. His most proud accomplishment was receiving the key to the city of Road for his work there during wartime. He is heavily tattooed, and he is unapologetically honest, which I already love about him. He was the editor-in-chief for the internationally distributed graffiti magazine, a writer for Vice TV, as well as a special designer for name-brand clothing and sneaker companies. In his previous life, <laughs> Craig worked as a special projects manager at Morgan Stanley in the Anti-Money Laundering and Terrorist finance Financing Prevention Group, which is a so sort of something I want to discuss. And he is a Brooklyn-born man, but he is a... A uh, recent transplant to Los Angeles. He shares his time between there and Israel. Good morning, Craig. Wow. If I realized you can read the whole bio, I would have been a lot less effusive about myself. Well, I got to tell you something. If your bio wasn't that good, I wouldn't have read the whole thing, but it's just that good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like I'm so full of myself, but you know what? Hey, somebody's got to do it. No, listen, your mother didn't send this to me. You sent this to me. It's a great, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great thing. This is a wonderful, wonderful bio, and I thank you for waking up and joining me this morning. Um, I, I'm so fascinated by all of your work, and I'm not even sure where to start, but I really do have to ask you about your background at Morgan Stanley. How did you transition from being at Morgan Stanley, where I imagine suit and tie was in order, to all of a sudden <laughs> turning into the executive director of Artists for Israel? And I'd like to, at the end, weigh in on the middle initial debate, too, if I get a chance. So <laughs> My pleasure. That, out there, that, that moved me. That moved me. Do you, do you want to add in middle initial? Do you not have one? No, no, I have one, and my, my wife and I are due in a month and a half, and we decided to not use a middle name because it's very confusing because I have one, and I never know if I should use it or use the initial. When is it appropriate? So we decided that we don't want to give our child uh, that much of a headache, so we're just not going to give him a middle initial. Got it. Okay, well, you know, we can, I mean... All right, we can really talk about this at 11 o'clock. We, <laughs> we have to first talk about Morgan Stanley. Let's talk about Morgan right. Stanley. 
So, yeah, I was right out of college and, you know, doing I, I had grown up in a housing project. So I wanted to get the job that gave me the best money and the best opportunity to kind of move forward in life. And uh, believe it or not, for someone who looks like me and has the artistic sensibilities that I think I have, it wasn't the best fit. <laughs> you say that very dryly. But um, I, I imagine that they that there was part of that job coming out of work, out of college, et cetera, that still spoke to you. I mean, there, you know, it wasn't, you went to the for-profit world before going to the non-profit world. So there had to have been something there that, that sparked your interest. Well, it was the opportunity to be involved in that struggle against money laundering, which was the struggle um, against terrorist financing at that time, especially in New York and especially in the, the rest of the world then. So I saw an opportunity that if I was going to do the, not, uh, sorry, the for-profit world, I'd at least have some nonprofit mm. efforts put in there. Got it. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. So then, when was Artists for Israel born? About 2009, we started doing it unintentionally. Uh, we actually were at a rally, and we had signs that said Artists for Israel, just because that's who and what we were. Mm. And people started coming up and saying, "I'm an artist for Israel too. How do I join?" We were like, "Well, join what?" <laughs> There's nothing here to join, but uh, maybe there should be if everyone kept asking. And so out of that became this collaboration between artists who have a particular mission, using their talents to transform objects and images of war and destruction and, and hurt and pain into something celebrating life. Absolutely. So there's two or three, there's two main objectives. Of, sorry, objectives of the organization. And the very first one is to do this kind of social service project. You know, unfortunately, especially when you're talking about Israel, but in other parts of the world too, there's way too many reminders of war. There's way too many reminders of conflict and hate. And so what our goal is, first and foremost, is to transform those, whether it's taking a bombed out building and turning it into a canvas for a work of art, or even tattooing over the scar of someone who was injured in a terror attack. Our idea is you can't end it you know, we don't know yet how to prevent terrorism or war, but perhaps we can make it a little bit more healing for those who are involved. It's a beautiful concept. Um, why the avant-garde artist, so to speak, that, you know, why does this appeal to that, that genre? Part of it is that so many of them are visually based, but the real answer, the heart and soul of it is, this is the younger generation who is doing this work. And so they've got it in their heart to kind of try to do better for this world. You know, they're not old and jaded and, and kind of throwing their hands up yet. They think that there's a power there. And so because of that, there is. Craig? I lose you there? Yeah. Are we there? Okay. Oh. Can you hear me? Now oh, I can sorry. hear you. Yeah, no, no, no. Because... Does that mean I, can do, I have to do a better answer? No, 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 no. It means your answer was so good I want to hear it again. <laughs> Because there's a power for change, that they're young, they're they they're social minded, etc. That they believe that there is a, a way to transform this in in, in in into a positive manner. Absolutely, and we're also just proud because these are the art forms that myself and the organization's founders are participants in, and that we like and follow. And there's kind of been a disrespect for some of this avant-garde art. So not only are we trying to help communities, I think it's positive that in a way we're also showing the good of some of these art forms that haven't been really appreciated or kind of just in their infancy of being recognized by the greater art world. Well, that I hear completely. So nice to... Yeah, no, that good. I hear completely. Yeah. There's a tremendous amount of validity when you're looking at 
uh, graffiti, especially people who are in Manhattan or in other urban areas, and you see sides of buildings, etc., that are graffitied upon. You don't necessarily, vi- you, you know, envision that this is a, an art form. You rather look at it as some kind of noise, so to speak, visual noise or some kind of distraction. Mm-hmm. But here, when I'm looking through the website, and for those people who are um, in front of their computers and not listening on the app, you can go to Artists for Israel. That's the number four artistsforisrael.org slash international and if you look at the international programs the first one is graffiti art over war and you can see different depictions where um, where they have taken what is otherwise um, a painful representation of a situ uh, of a of a very dangerous situation and yet turned to something that is actually beautiful and it's the only word to use for those people who grew up looking at Keith Haring and other graffiti artists there's something about this um, about this method about this genre about this medium so to speak that is um, that uh, that is the only one in my opinion that could do this kind of work. Am I am I right? Like you would need. Hello? Are you there? I'm 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 losing you oh, a little bit. Sorry, lost you for a second. I'm back. That's okay. The it would have to take a graffiti artist to do this kind of work. You couldn't have somebody who was you know relegated to canvas or you know write or or a paintbrush so to speak. Absolutely, you need the imagination of a graffiti artist first. I think you need that ability to see something and say, you know what, I can transform this. Whereas other art forms are very rigid and controlled and have to be in one place. Graffiti, you know, over a few hours can absolutely change the way a building looks, can absolutely change the way a neighborhood looks. And so it really is up to them and all these other kind of avant-garde or even what people call lowbrow art forms mm-hmm. to, to raise themselves up. So how many, how many artists are in your organization? I mean, we don't keep like a membership list, but we've worked with way over, I think it's 5,000 at this point that we can call on any time of day and night to be involved in a project. And so how and does then, it, how does it work? Tell me how it starts from inception to you know um, to to completion. So there's a few projects that we definitely do. We definitely go to Israel two times a year with the best, most well known, most talented graffiti artists. So I have a constant list of emails coming in from artists who say you work with my friend so and so. He had an amazing time. What he did was so moving and meaningful out there. Can I join the trip? And so when the trip comes up, we get to say, okay, let's look at this list of people. Who is the most well-recommended? Who's going to be, a, you know, have a, a good um, part of this? Who really is going to, you know, add to the trip? And who's got the most beautiful artwork? So it's great because there's never an opportunity to worry about who's coming. It's a matter of how do we choose of all this wealth of opportunities we have. And what happens when you have to say no, that there's just, there, there are too many people to bring? You can't bring everybody. It's never no. It's next time. Oh. It's, I promise. Next time. Next time. <laughs> That's like when I tell my kids, maybe. That's my answer for those things. <laughs> so there are four different exactly. projects that are associated. If I'm if I'm checking out the website correctly on artistsforisrael.org, there are four different international programs. Can we talk about each one? Sure. Which one do you want to start with? Let, actually, I mean, we touched on graffiti art over war, but just so that people get a better understanding, and I'm sure that this is what was implemented in Stay Road, talk a little bit more about this. So we bring the artists to Israel, and we always want to find communities where our work is going to be meaningful. 
So it's not just that we're going to paint murals in the south of Tel Aviv where there's a bunch of other graffitis. What we're going to do is go to the border communities first and foremost. So we actually have a trip coming up where we're going to be right on the border of Lebanon, which right now is a very hot topic. We'll like to do the border of Syria, and we'll do, the, you know, of course, the south near Aza. And the goal is that these are communities that are constantly living under the threat of rocket attack. And they've even got, you know, there's been walls built to protect them from sniper fire or from rockets or from whatever that change the landscape and make it so much less attractive than they were used to looking at. And so we're going to choose those communities where we can have the biggest impact, and we're going to bring artists there. The second thing is we'll look for lower-income communities, communities that need help and need some beautification. And again, we're going to say, okay, this is where we can have the biggest impact. This is where our art can actually transform an area from what it was to something different, to turn it into an outdoor gallery of sorts. And we make that choice, and either the community has reached out to us already, or we reach out to them and say, listen, this is a gift we want to give you. Would you like this? We're not going to run in and paint illegal graffiti and, and like, you know, in the streets of Manhattan, like you were talking about. And so we're going to work with the local population, and we're going to have them participate, maybe do some murals with us, and make sure that we're part of that fabric of that community going forward. And when you arrive, all tattooed, and you show up, <laughs> I, I, I need to, I, I, I can only imagine the scene. I really can only imagine the scene. But I'm sure that, you, that they're all taken aback and going, you're the artist's? Uh, you know, it's funny because it's also not just the tattooed. We have most of our artists are not Jewish. So we're working with artists from around the world, all races, religions, ethnicities, all kinds of lifestyle preferences. Um, but, you you know, I'm proud to say that Israelis are some of the most tolerant and accepting people you'll ever meet. Amen. With, with some notable exceptions. There's been some unusual things. <laughs> um, my favorite story, actually, we went to an Orthodox shul on Shabbat. And it was a team of just women artists. It was an amazing program we did during Women's History Month. And they were sitting in the back of the synagogue, all tattooed out, looking very strange. And thankfully, this one kind of aware, smart woman turned to them right before, you know, the Bowie Kala, Bowie Kala, and said to them, we're all going to turn around and stare at you in a minute. But oh it's not God. you. We're staring at the doorway. That's so amazing. Don't feel offended. That... I know. Had they not known that, it could have gone very south. Oh, Heavens, that would have been a bad, bad moment in Jewish history. Wow, talk <laughs> about sensitivity. That's great. And so, uh, I mean, that's really, you're right. Israelis are incredibly welcoming and everybody's already family before you get there. And I I imagine that people that you're bringing there, artists that you're bringing there who are meeting Israelis for the first time, yes, I'm sure there are notable exceptions, but frankly, as New Yorkers, you and I both know that there are notable exceptions in all groups. Um, mm -hmm. but, but I would imagine that overall, there's probably been a tremendous amount of thanks and warmth in the exchanges that they've had with the Israelis in the communities. Oh, absolutely. Everyone wants to know, because I'm also, you know, we've got a foot in the advocacy world. What do you do to get these artists to fall in love with Israel? What do you tell them? What right. political message? And I said, there's nothing. There's nothing you could you know, put forth that's any more powerful than the guy walking down the street who sees the art and comes back later with a cup of coffee and some pastries or a beer and says, thank you so much for what you're doing for my neighborhood. Come to my house for dinner. Let my, you know, my wife made a pie. Let me bring that to you. Let me, you know, can I bring my friends and my, and my family by? Can I bring my children? They love what you're doing. Um, and there's just so many stories. Of, you know, each artist has their own story or stories of this great relationship with the Israeli people who are just so warm and giving. 
and so thankful. And it, you know, it transforms their perception of Israel immediately. They go back and they're just like, they're the nicest people in the world. Has it, has anyone been, and let's be honest, has anyone been too afraid to go? That is definitely something we've wrestled with, especially at, you know, during wartime, of course. But the very first time we went to Israel and and what's in that crazy long bio I sent you about getting the key to the city of Shtarot was that we went there during the conflict with with Aza and we were painting the bomb shelters as the rockets were falling around us. Mm. So the other beauty of uh, at least graffiti and street artists are there, you know, they're not an easily scared bunch. Right. There's that. That's actually a very good point. Craig Dershowitz joins us. He's the executive director of Artists for Israel. We have a few minutes left. I want to talk about Tattoo Healing, Inc. Tell me about that. Healing, Inc., uh, I love this program. It was definitely something hard to pull off in the Jewish community, as you can imagine. Right. But we bring the world, again, the world's just, we like to go with the kindest and also the most talented, most famous tattoo artist to Israel to cover the scars of terror victims, and war heroes. And by so doing, we're really hoping to reclaim their body. We're hoping that they wake up in the morning and they don't see the scar and be reminded of what happened. They see a beautiful piece of art and know that they are cared for around the world. Wow. And have there been, um, you know, are, are there interesting designs? Are there classics? Are they personal? Or is it just, you know, whatever is, inspires the personal or the person or the, the artist at the moment? Like, is there a plan? Is there a conversation about it? Oh, yeah. And the designs run the gamut, of course. But the artist and the recipient talk beforehand. So we do two recipients each trip for each artist. And we put them in touch over email. And about a month before, everyone starts scrambling to make sure they love the tattoo they're getting. And they do something. And most of the time, it's meaningful. Most of the time, it's related very much to what happened to them. A lot of we've done a lot of bullets turning into flowers and mm. things of that nature, a lot of animals to represent strength. And then sometimes they're just what you and I would think of as kind of silly or inane, but it has a particular meaning to that person. And even the meaning can be, listen, there's no meaning. You know, I'm so sick of things being so heavy in my life. I want to draw a picture of something beautiful and fun, and I don't have to justify why. So it, it really runs from, you know, truly deep emotional to just the most silly, fun things you can imagine. You know, I can imagine that when you go through security at El Al and they ask you if you have any interesting things in your bags or something that might <laughs> represent a weapon, <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. the tattoo artists probably have some special answers for that. Um, I, I, I want to make sure that people understand that you are publicly funded and that donations are accepted and necessary to continue your good work. So how do people help? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the easiest way, if they want, you know, if I don't have to say anything else and they're just ready to write a check at the moment, artistsforisrael.org backslash donate. And as you said, that's the number four, so artists, plural, for Israel.org. And, you know, the main thing is, listen, we're, we're looking for everything. If they can send money, by all means, because it pays for the airline tickets for these artists, and it pays for the spray paint, which can be very expensive. Or they just want to open their house up for a Shabbat dinner and let my guys come over and see Israelis and, and be part of their community and their family, then that's great, too. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. By the way, if you guys ever have a stopover in JFK and you need a place for Shabbos, <laughs> I'm your gal. It would be absolutely my pleasure to to welcome you all into my home, that is for sure. Craig, you are an absolute wonder. Continue with great strength your wonderful work on behalf of Israel and the Jewish people. My thank you so much for waking up early and for being part of the program. 
Thank you. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. What an unbelievable conversation. Um, I'm truly humbled when, when, when people take their skills and their art, literally in this case, um, and their gifts and just use it for strength. We have a full afternoon of programming for you right after the li- right after That's Life. It's the live lunch hosted by birthday boy himself, Nachum Siegel, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. As I promised, the birthday celebration starts at 11 a.m., which is just in a few moments. We have a full program of special surprises with a very happy person. It's going to go great. What? No mention of your birthday? Ever? Well, today's an exception. It's Rosh Chodesh Adar. V'na We're doing things the opposite way. Anyway, this should go great. Um, right, <laughs> right after the live lunch, it's Throwback Thursday at 1 p.m. And the encore of JM Rewind starts at 4 p.m. And, of course, the Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek at 7 p.m. Brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts JMAM from 6 to 9 a.m. And Malcolm Holmline joins at 7.40 a.m. for the weekly update. At the conclusion of JMAM, join Naomi for table for two. Stay tuned as you enjoy then the encore presentation of Thursday night's Kedem Erev Shabbos show. It starts at 10 a.m. again, hosted by Mark Zamek. Goes up until candlelighting with the um, Erev Shabbos, with uh, the Erev Shabbos music mix, also brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Uh, Remy hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Monday Shabbos at 9 p.m. And Matis hosts J.M. Sunday as he has seamlessly um, since its inception this Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. We are closing today with Shlomo Katz with Shoshanat Yaakov. And uh, that is from the Yismach Melech CD, correct? Thank you, Avrami, for that choice. My thanks to everyone for being a part of the show today. And happy Rosh Chodesh Adar to all. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Shoshanat Yaakov, Tzahala v'Samecha Biraotam yachad, Tchilet Mordechai 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 Chuatam haita lanetzach Betikvatam bechol dobadov Chuatam haita lanetzach Betikvatam bechol
Dios. 